All right, I'm here with George Butcher. So, uh, George, you're that famous butcher. And um, I just wanted to talk to you because I think there's a lot of things that I see and, and that I'm inspired about you that I think it's time maybe for you to bring it out. Uh, people need to really know that. I need to know that. So let's start, first of all, with yourself. Can, can you just tell me a little bit about your real estate days? Probably been in real estate too long. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, no. Look, I've been in real estate over 40 years. 40, okay. Over, over 40. Wow. I, I still remember the day my very first sale. Yes. It was a young Italian boy, turned up with his parents. I sold him a block in Gorican. Every weekend, Mama and Papa and the rest of the family used to turn up with about half a dozen cars just to go and inspect the same vacant block of land. Right. But yeah, they were very loyal. Yes. And I got several deals through them. Yes. It was part of the family. That's the way they treat you. You do the right thing, they treat you well, and you do the wrong thing and you're on the outer. So, you know, it was a good experience. Yes. How old were you? Oh, gee. Take 40 off this, that's 30, 32. Okay, so did you have a different career before? Yes, I was. I was a, a boilermaker. I did an apprenticeship down in Sydney. Right. And uh, did five years. If you want to know how tough it is, six pound and sixpence. That's what I got a week. Wow, a week. Which is what, virtually $12.05. Then you got taxed. So, okay. you know, look, they were tough, but I mean, in those days, apprenticeships were uh, four years solid. Yep. Five years, actually, with four years of tech. Yep. So, you know, it, it was all stepping stone of learning today. So what made you then pick real estate? Believe it or not, it was um, a situation that we tried to buy our first home with very small deposit. When the boom was on, no agent wanted to talk to you because you never had enough deposit. When the bus came, yeah. one guy that did keep our name came in contact and he said, have you still got the deposit you had. We said yes. He said, I've got a house for you. So we went and he said, I can't get you into this house. And I said, why not? And he said, I have the tenants in there and won't let us in. Anyway, we are lucky that there was no money around to buy anything. So you had to go into a ballot each month to see who got allocated the dollars to be able oh, to buy. Oh, wow. It was a lottery. Yeah. So, you know, we, we waited it out and we, we were fortunate after two months we were able to purchase our first home, a lot of conditions to it, but up until the time we exchanged contracts, we still hadn't been in the house, just seen the real estate drawer up floor plan, and wow. we knew that we were very limited on what we could buy, so right. that was our first home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he showed us how tough it was to get things across the line. Yes. And I suppose I've got a bit of a passion thinking you know, it is tough, but I'd like to do something like this. And then uh, I was still working as a boilermaker up here on the Central Coast. Yeah. But I also took a job at the Wine Lose Club. And I started picking up glasses to start with and then graduated to behind the bar and a barman and did some cellar work. And eventually they gave me a job as a supervisor up there, which, you know, it was great. Yep. And uh, from there, one of the bosses that used to be the manager on weekends and that, he said, uh, would you like to get into real estate? Because I told him I had, I'd like to try. He actually cut himself out of a 
a deal because they got a deal on our house which we put up for sale. We're going to go to Queensland. And uh, he turned around and said, do you want a job? And I said, I'd love a job in real estate. I said, but you just cut yourself out of a sale. But as it worked out, it was a good choice. You know, I enjoyed what we were doing. You know, it was, I learned a lot very quickly. And after six months, he turned around and said to me, how would you like to move to another office? And I thought, why do I want to move to another office? I'm making commission. Yeah. So he offered me an extra $50 a week to do it. So I finished up going up there. But in between all that, you have highs and lows in real estate. Yeah. And real estate in the 80s hit the rock bottom at one stage. Mm-hmm. Absolute rock bottom. And you didn't want any more listings. You had a, a book full of listings because yep. we didn't have computers to work with in those days. Yeah. And people would ring in and say, do you want to list my house? And you'd say, no, I don't want any more. You know, you just had so much. To fill in the day, there was the phone never rang, never rang. So, you know, I used to take my overalls in and paint or do some work around the place just waiting for the phone to ring. If you were lucky enough for your phone to ring yep. and you got the people in, you would not let them go. You would stick to them like glue. You would ring the other agents to see uh, what they had as their best listings because they were getting no clients. So they, they wanted to sell something. Mm-hmm. You used to take them out for lunch so they couldn't go and see another agent. That's how desperate it was to get a client. So I learnt the tough way in real estate. Then when things got really tough, I got offered to go back to the Wine Loose Club as a supervisor again. So I finished up doing that and that carried me over for a period until the market started to show signs. Right. But, you know, real estate can be tough. It can be joy- enjoyable. And sometimes you don't realise how much hard work you're doing behind the scenes to make, make it work for you. Hold on, so you quit real estate? Well, I did quit, Yeah. but with the guarantee, because the bloke I worked for was also a board director at the lease club. And right, right, right. He was going to bring you back yeah, when things were going to be better. As soon as it changed, okay. know, because you know, the amount of inquiry, one person could handle it. Yeah. And soon I had another place to go to that yeah. would take me straight back. It worked out pretty well. So, so how, long, how long was it before you opened your own show? We opened our own shop in... 1994. Okay. And... Uh, so you had been in real estate now for second stint? Oh, yeah. Second. Okay. Yeah. So how long have you been selling before you decided, hey, I'm going to do my own thing? I don't know, 20 years, something like that. Right, I see. So, you know, I had a fair bit of experience and things like that. Okay, so you never thought about opening it beforehand? Did. I did yes. think of that. But I used to think, I've got a good life for my family. They've got a roof over their head and there's no risk. Right. So, you know, it was a matter of security for my family more than anything else. Could I have started before? Yes, I could have. But it wasn't until the boys grew up enough that yeah. I didn't feel, you know, if anything went wrong with me starting a new business, they could fend for themselves one way or the other. So, you know, real estate can be a very interesting time. You meet some very nice people. Yep. I think throughout the years I've earned respect from other agents. You know, a couple of them, one in particular, I used to call him Pop. You know, he used to work for another agency and every time I got myself in a bit of strife, he used to, even though he's in opposition, I used to go to him and say, I need your advice on something and used to get it, you know. Even to the stage that 
if I didn't couldn't find something I wanted to sell, I used to go over and he'd say, well, there's my listing book, you go through it, knowing I was never going to rip him off. And now that's good trust to build up, even with your opposition, you know, because, you know, nobody else would do that. Yeah. I had another old, old fellow, he used to own several properties and I finished up selling. And you didn't have to have an agency agreement, really. The shake of the hand was his bond. Yep. Never, ever wave from that at all. Never. Uh, and I remember the first time I said to him, I'm going to have to get you to sign something. And he turned around and he said to me, George, I've never, ever jilted you. Why should I have to sign something? I said, fortunately, the laws have changed. And I can't use the language that he used, but... Uh, it was quite quite out there, and it's probably one of the few times I saw someone that I had a good relationship absolutely get tears in his eyes because a handshake was no longer the bond that we could look for. Can I just ask you this? Because I really think this is why I really want to talk to you. For a long, long time, I always look at you as the embodiment of wisdom in real estate. Uh, first of all, let me, so I really want to get into that subject very quickly now because is first of all, the wisdom that is about you, uh, something that was part of your makeup or was it something that you have developed throughout your education or was it a product of the, of the environment? I think a lot of it, I can't go back to my early days because I don't think there was any relationship, you know, I grew up virtually looking after myself from seven. Right. And why, 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 why was that? What, what happened Well, at my seven? mum died when we were in New Guinea and right. dad brought us down from New Guinea to stay with my grandparents. Yes. The grandparents liked my sister, who was at the time only two, and didn't like me. I, I right. won't say I was a perfect little kid, I was a bugger of a kid, but, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of things I used to do was what little boys did at seven and eight years old. Yes. But they took me because I was their son's child. Mm-hmm. Very strict, very strict. I know on Sundays, I wasn't allowed to go and play with any mates until my grandfather would give me a part in the garden to work with. And it used to be that onion weed with all the bulbs. And as soon as I finished that, it used to be about a metre wide. When I finished that, I could go and play. Yes. If I tried to cheat and pinched the tops off the onion, we'd used to come along with a spade or a fork and dig them up and find it and give me another section to do as well. So, you know, I learned that right and wrong very quickly if I wanted to get out there and enjoy life and play with me mates, I had, to, I had discipline that I had to work to. So in many ways, actually, your grandfather has been instrumental to the person you have become. Yeah, well, in a way. Yes. But... My grandfather was very much like an army sergeant. Yes. He used to come in at 5.30 on the dot from work. He used to go into his room and my grandmother used to have a wine or a sherry or a rum or something for him. Yes. Five minutes to seven, because my auntie used to feed us our tea. He walked through and his conversation used to be <clears throat> nothing else. While the news was on, because he used to listen to the ABC news at seven, you did not talk. You were not going to talk. <laughs> he was very, very strict. Yep. Uh, uh, if I didn't think wrong, he used to take me in the bedroom, pull my pants down, smack me with a cane. So I learned discipline very quickly. But I think that was all part of growing up. Yep. Could, could you get away with it today? 
No, that's child abuse in a big way. Yes, I understand. But uh, if I had a look, uh, if I have to analyse you and really have a look at your children and your grandchildren, well, you didn't turn out that bad. I, and if, if anything, not only you are now a role model in their life, but uh, there is an award in your name because you're a role model to a, a, an organisation in real estate. And so for people who are going to really look at you and say, hold on, uh, where is wisdom coming from? I, I can see now that part of your upbringing had a lot of those things that were put in, the boundaries, the, the discipline, the rules, and they're not that bad. I mean, when you have a look at it now, there's no rules, <laughs> there's no boundaries, if, if anything at all, it's the opposite. I look at how your real estate office, back in the days you were running it, had so much wisdom around it. What is it that you do different to your people? I think basically it gets down to very simple things like your respect. Respect yep. is a big thing. You've got ethics. Yeah. You've got principles. And if you ever sell them out, you've got nothing. So we've always pushed that part. You know, treat people that come in with respect. Whether you agree with them or whether you don't agree with them, they deserve respect. And if you show it, they will show it back to you. We were very fortunate when we first started in 94, the first month, I remember saying to Trish and Darren, I've made a mistake. We should not have this office open. I've, I've blundered, I've made it. We're working in conjunction with another agent because we didn't have any listings. We threw everything out and started again. Yeah. And from then on, we kept kicking goals. We were very fortunate. I knew a lot of people throughout the time I was in real estate. They would bring their friends and their relatives and all of a sudden, you know, we started coming on the right, right end of real estate. Yeah. But you, you're going too fast. You, what did you stop? What did you throw out? What did you start again? When we took over the business, yep. the other agent had photos in the window and all this. They were so far out of date, it was ridiculous. And we were trying to ring people and saying, can we inspect? And they'd say, oh, we sold it, you know, two or three months ago, you know. So little things like that, you know. They, they don't sound a lot, but... When you're starting a business, you don't need speed humps along the way, and we had several of those. You know, I've been very fortunate because I'd been in the game so long, yep. I could see danger signs along the way. So, you know, it was just a matter of getting street smart and uh, readjusting the way we thought, you know. And I had Darren alongside me. Who Darren, was, that's your son. Yeah. So he f started in real estate with you yep. opening your own show? Yep. Okay. You know, the good part is that um, along the way, we wanted to be successful. And he worked alongside me as a mate, not a son. As the business started to grow, uh, like we're working 7.30 to 9 o'clock at night some nights, you know. 7.30? What were you doing at 7.30? Still trying to catch up with work from the day before because through the day... We were out in the fields listing or you know, showing people and yep. things like that. Over night time, become time to do paperwork and get that out of the way. So it was very easy to fill in what you did through the day to come back over night time. So, how old was he? I mean, nineteen, weren't you? Yeah, 19. he was. He was nineteen. Yeah, yeah. but you know, he was. He was it's good to have on deck. Because how easy is it to work with a nineteen-year-old son who probably knew everything? It was easy. <laughs> you know, honestly. <laughs> Probably because he didn't have a chip on his shoulder. Right. You know, he was working for the same reasons. We wanted to succeed together. 
and we were very fortunate. The only downfall to all that was we grew faster than I, my projection was and we need to put more people on. No money because, you know, when you make a sale, you've got three months or so before you actually get paid. Mm -hmm. So Trish used to be a breadwinner. She used to work at St George. And I said, look, you know, we can't keep going. We need more help. So she finished up coming in and making the extra person because there was Darren and myself. We had a secretary that worked for us. So she came in and... Um, Trish, your wife. Yep. yep. And she became our lifesaver. She took a lot of pressure off little bits and pieces, you know. But uh, how, do, how you work together became easy. Trish had what she wanted to do. Like, we all had a goal. We all wanted to be successful. Yep. So there was no bosses and bosses and bosses. It was, we all played the same field. Mm -hmm. And very seldom did I have to go past that because Darren wasn't a problem to me, you know. So he'd work his clanger off all the time and, and Trish would be uh, very good with accounts and everything like that. So she balanced the books up very easy and uh, we just went from there. But Surely working with your son when he's 19, there has to be time when... He's the young bull at the gate wanting to go this direction he, and you probably looking at a bigger picture going slow down, slow down. Yes, that, that was a little, little bit of a problem because right. I believe he was very gifted in what he was doing. Yes. You know, but his bar levels, his goals were out of this proportion. And we used to sit down with the other agent at the end of the month and we used to talk about goals and he would always set the bar higher than experienced people. Yep. And I used to say, hey, just cut it out. They're experienced. I can get to that. I said, and I say it today, even to the people today, set a target or a goal that's achievable, but you've got to work for it. Anything after that is a bonus. And if you can't reach it, you're going to put your head down halfway through the month and say, well, I've given up. But if that goal is achievable and you work hard and you can get there, you give yourself a pat on the back and say, hey, I'm in commission mode for myself now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were going to say, was there a time when there was a little bit of struggle with your son? Look, in the whole time we've been in real estate together, yeah. disputes between us, I could count on one hand and without a lie. Wow. As I said, you know, he was easy to work with. He was harder before when he was growing up as a child until he came to the business, you know. Like, he used to have a lot of fun when he was young and things like that, and I don't take that away from him. Yeah. But when he came into the business, he was more dedicated to the business and in trying to do it right. Right. Look, so in the early days, he did make a few mistakes, yeah. but they weren't life-changing. And one thing I'll say, if he made a mistake, he would own up to it straight away, which which is good. Mm. So you, you actually had a good relationship with him. He came in, he was actually looking forward to building. Yes. He wasn't there just trying to occupy his own time. No. Okay, so you had something already going. Now, let's, let's keep on going here. The, the business that you built, why is it that I notice a lot of calm and bliss in your business, like among your staff? I, I still remember when I first met you and I went through your office. There was that element of calmness. People were really busy. There were people like making enormous amount of sales, but they just went about their business as if this 
this is cool. This is just a bit of fun, not, not, nothing serious or stressful. I think a lot gets down to uh, we've always tried to teach our staff to be part of our family. Right. You know, all right, you sometimes have to take that extra step in being a boss, but if it was ever possible, we got more out of them because we were family. And part of the calming, I think, was because of Darren too, being in there and being with, with him as well, seeing that, you know, he was prepared to go and do the dirty work as well yep. as a... Uh, the creamy stuff as well. So, you know, it brushes off. You always got to be approachable. If you, you leave your door open, yes, you know, I think the staff appreciate it. Yep. You got to remember too, you know, with starting a new business, I wasn't up to knowing exactly what to do every time. Sometimes when we had staff, did I handle it the right way? I probably didn't. You know, and could I go back and fix it? Sometimes you could, sometimes you just got on with it. But yep. as you go along, if you make a mistake, you try to learn by it. Simple. Yeah. George, you, can I just ask you, do, do you think that nice guys can win in real estate? Oh, nice guys can win, always win in real estate. One big thing about real estate, if you put yourself out there to people and show you care about the clients you're working with, whether they're purchase or uh, vendors, right. you'll always finish up in front. That's why I think our business grew so much, was because of the relationship previous to us opening the business that people saw that we were genuine in what we were trying to do. They saw that we were a family that were prepared to put ourselves out there, see them after hours if we had to. And it's not about being good, it's about caring for people more than yourself. One of the things, and I still say it today, if you lose sight of the money side of it and think it's all about money, it isn't. You know, there's a time that you've got to you know, realise that People are people, and yes, you need money to survive, but you also need people to be happy. And you get one unhappy client and, and it comes back to bite you. You, you get a hundred good clients and they spread, spread the word for you. You don't have to do half the legwork out in the, the field because it's all been done by you doing the right thing. So yes, you always treat clients right. You're never gonna have a hundred percent, but if you've got a problem, you try to solve it. You left real estate 15 years ago. We, we're going to talk a little bit about it because you sold your business to your son. But um, if you looked at real estate now, I know that technology is playing a big role, but has real estate really changed? Yes, in a big way. Technology today, if you want information, all you've got to do is get on your computer and press a button yep. and away you go. What you've got at fingertips is unbelievable. It's probably gone too fast for me. Yep. But in the older days, if you wanted to find out something about a vendor, you would have to go into council, get on the microfiche, yep. write everything down, then come back and then get on the phone book and then try to find where the people are. Today, modern technology, it is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I don't know where it's going to go. Yep. You know, I think it's unlimited. But one thing that a lot of people forget is you're still dealing with people. Right. You can have all the technology in the world, but if you don't have rapport with your people, you're, you're in trouble. Mm. Hey, what about the technology with your employees? I mean, obviously there's so much more technology now. You can actually sit in your little cubicle and you know exactly what your team's doing uh, minute by minute, but really has real estate management of this staff really changed? From my point of view, yep. if I didn't have the girls around me, 
I think I'd still be on paper and pencil doing everything. <laughs> you know, but when you've got a good team around you, you know, if you need anything or need any information or you need to find out something, if you've got good staff, they bail you out of trouble all the time. You know, I'm fortunate that with Darren going up into this technology, I could go to him and say, you know, this or that, and you know, he'd say, oh, do you know this and do you know that? Which is great. You know, how would I handle sitting behind the desk doing what we used to do? I'd probably get a big F for fail. <laughs> and that's the way life is. In another 10 years' time, Toby and Amy will be saying to Darren, you've lost the plot. Technology's gone this much further. It will. But real estate's going to change a lot in 10 years too. Right. What, uh, what do you think we're going to see in real estate? I see where there's probably going to be probably a lot less contact with people, which is a shame because I go back to rapport, you know, still dealing with people's lives and you don't know how it's affecting them. You do the wrong thing and you could be absolutely breaking someone's family up by doing the wrong thing. Yes. So, look, rapport, 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 you know, take the time, be nice, and at the end of the day, if you do something wrong, talk to someone, fix your problem. Don't go and take someone out to show them a property and then tell them things that you don't know that's not right. You're better off saying, I don't know, I'll go back to them and check it and get back. Okay. Now, some 15 years ago, your son Darren bought your business yep. over. Wasn't he too young? Shouldn't he have waited for at least 20 years in, under his belt before he took over from you? No. No, I don't think so. Okay. So, and and has, it, has he changed the, the way you look at real estate now? Look, when Darren took over the business, yep. he was a champion. You know, he was writing good figures. He cared about people. He cared about the staff. Everything about him was positive, positive, positive. So, look, no, he was ready to take it over. And uh, I felt that I was starting to burn out a bit. Right. You know, and even though I had him alongside, he was still my lifesaver. Mm -hmm. So, no, it was a good thing for him to take over. He's more adventurous. Yep. Where I would dot every I and cross the T's where yep. he'd say, oh, we'll have a go at this. And I'd say, Darren, Darren. But <laughs> that, that was him. He was prepared to take more chances. Yep. Where... Trisha myself sort of held back and said, hey, what about this and what about that? Darren, throughout the time, would always try and support the people, you know, our staff, and make sure that they were okay. And, you know, I know, know I'm saying, you know, what a good bloke he is, and I'm sure he's going to pay me later for saying it. But, <laughs> you know, look, he was more than ready to take over the business. Yeah. And I was there if he needed me, but 99% of the time, he was making good decisions. So, so may I ask you, I'm going to still ask you about whether he's changed your view of real estate, but there's one question I want to go in there now first is, you said you were a bit burnt out when you offered him the business. What do you mean burnt out? I mean, I thought that if you do love real estate, you love what you're doing, you can never get burnt out. What happened? We grew, and with us growing, you get more staff. Yes. It's very hard to control all staff. You can have very good staff that work their backsides off for you mm -hmm. and you get one or two that are absolute a cancer. Yep. And that cancer used to get the better of me. You know, it didn't matter what you gave someone, they still wanted more out of you. Yes. And there's a time that 
you can't always give more. You know, you've got certain people that you'd love to give the world to. But the others, what I call like a sponge, I'll sponge off any they can get off you. And that started getting the better of me. I see. And, uh, you know, I probably health-wise wasn't going as well as I could. Right. And, again, Darren was there for us, you know. Yeah. So, so let's go back to then my original questions. Has he changed your view of real estate and how it's done now? He has changed it. Yes. Look, it's in the blood. I still love going into work and <laughs> you know, being, you know, talking to people and yep. bringing in a few leads here and there and a couple of buyers or something like that. I still like that. But yes, he um, he has changed it in a big way. Yep. And uh, he's made the offices better with his way of thinking. Where if I was still run the business, it would be, it would still probably progress sl- slowly, but not as quickly as he does. Mm. Yeah. But that's probably because of your sense of security, your security yep. driven, looking at, after things for your children. Probably where I think, I, and I know that you're still going into the office, but I, I think that if you were going to go into the office and give people leads, I think that they're not really getting the best of you. I truly believe that sitting down an hour, maybe a fortnight or a month with you, could get those people what they are. Um, they probably don't even know, but they starved off. I mean, I think these days, from the salespeople that I deal with, there, there is an element that's gone missing. And that element is, I think, that connection with people. The, the way that social media is driving people, it's everything by, by text. You, you know now, these days, most people actually even resign by text, mm-hmm. right? There's no longer that need to sit down with you and say, hey, listen, George, I just want to talk to you. I'm not feeling happy here. It, it, that, it doesn't really necessarily happen that way, but it's quite often that it's by text. Yeah. So I think that there is something that is still the same. And I, and I think that that element of people is still the same because it takes people to move people. We don't just sell houses, we move people. And so the element of people, where do you get it from? But from our elders, the people who have lived it and, and probably... Uh, can just remove the gist of what they've done and now give it back. What would be five tips that you would give new salespeople? Ah, <laughs> I think I can go more than five, but let's start. Love your job. Love your job, yep. Take the best parts of the people you work with. Like It doesn't matter who it may be. It might be Darren, yep. Kimberly, yourself. And make that... You don't try to clone yourself to be like a Darren or a Thomas or whoever it may be. Yeah. Find what your personality and take the best out of them to make the best out of yourself. That is good. Yeah, I like uh, that. Yep. Relax when you're with people. Don't show them that you're desperate. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, show them that uh, you're listening to what they're saying and taking it all in. You're not there just for the business. Yeah. Right. But just relax. You know, it's. I suppose doesn't matter what it is. If you're relaxed, you, you're more approachable. Right. Four? Listen to your clients. Yep. Be true and honest to your clients. Uh, I spoke about this earlier. Never go, give up your principle and ethics. Ne- never give up your principles, yep. Yeah. Respect is earned, not expected. Be a quiet achiever. Be a quiet achiever, yep. So stay humble, you mean. Yep. Yep. Know your product well. Yep. If you're at work, don't cheat yourself by fudging numbers just to please the management that 
and saying, I've done this today when you haven't. That's, you? that's probably part of never give up on mm -hmm. your principles, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes? Just remember the harder you work, the luckier you get. Winners in real estate are not people that work nine to five. I want to ask you something. Yep. Back in your days, it's okay just to get people to work from 7 to 10 o'clock at night. But these days you do something outside 9 to 5, we, we, we're talking. So how, <laughs> how can someone today with all of these crappy laws that are out there apply something like this 12th principle you just spoke about? It's got to be that they're doing it for themselves. You know, we can tell them, all right, you can go home at 5 o'clock. Do you want to be successful? Back in 40 years ago, people used to walk out at five, five o'clock. They were packing their desk up at 4.30. Right. But if you want to succeed, you get out there and you prepare to do it for yourself and your family. So you're no longer working past five because the boss has told you, you're doing it for yourself. Right. And you know, it gets back, the harder you work, the more you're going to succeed. Yes, but you see, in Probably back in those days, um, especially my father's day or so, you probably you would know that people would have one job and they usually stick to that same job forever. These days, the kids, by the time they're 30, they've had 12 jobs. So <laughs> this is why I was listening to what you were saying earlier when you said uh, right at the beginning of our talk, you know, you, when you were a boiler maker, there was a tough old days and then and then you went out there and worked for someone who said to you, well, the market's not so good now, go back to the RSL, when's better, and, you know, I'd take you out. And, and you've been good enough just to listen and, and go with the flow and take 20 years. I think I just wanted to try and understand it for today's generation because I've got children, I've got young children, your grandfather now. I'm sure that some of their behaviour today are not probably the kind of behaviour that you receive. I'm sure that there's no caning at home just as much as there's no kidding at my house. I mean, mm. uh, one year, I think a little while ago, my young son Alexander came home and said, Dad, you know, apparently they, they said it's cool that you can't really touch your, your kids. I said, listen, if you're going to listen to this shit and then bring it here, you're going to have to start looking for a new family because I'm not going to listen to this crap. So, but that's a few years ago. Now yeah. I have a new generation, right, where I have a very young 12-year-old. Do you really think that they want to listen to those 12, 12 principles that you've told us now about work long hours and, and stick to your principles and, 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 and pay respect to the, these elders who've brought you up and then and, and make sure that you work hard and that you find something that you love in your job? Well, I think it gets down to the grounding right. that you have bringing your children up, being part of them. Yes. You can only put so much in your kids and teach them what's right and wrong, respect. And it's up to them as they grow up whether they're going to go down that line. Look, some people, you can say it to them once and they're happy with it. Others, you can say it for a hundred years. Yep. And they just haven't got it, you know. But the first place you've got to respect is their parents. They've got to respect them. Then they've got to respect the, the teachers at school, you know, because they try and teach them a different thing. If you don't respect yourself, you can't respect others. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. What would be five tips that you would give new business owners? Plan well. Yes. Always have a backup plan. Why is that? Well, if you plan well, why would you have a backup plan? There can always be a stumbling block somewhere. Right. For one reason or another, real estate takes a bit of a turn. The money in the drawer, like sales, you know, being held up for one reason or another. Just say like a development site. 
get paid in 12 months' time, but that cash isn't there week in and week out, but it's, it is down there. The, the, the problem I see with backup plan is that, isn't it true that sometimes some people latch onto the backup plan too early? Some people do it too late. So if you, in your planning well, has got a backup plan, when do I know it's the right time for me to latch onto my backup plan? Well, your main plan, you hope you never go to the backup plan. <laughs> you, you, always, you always hope. Yes. So, you know, you can't see the future. The banks freeze the money. How are you going to survive? How are you going to keep paying your people? And that's why you have a backup plan along the way. If you don't have something, if something goes wrong and you haven't got something that you can fall back on, all of a sudden you're, you're putting your head in the news thinking, I'm in trouble here, what do I do? You know, whether you use the backup plan or not is irrelevant as long as the first one goes well. Right. See, because I, I've been brought up on never have a backup plan because sometimes a backup plan means that you're also having resources put on the backup plan. Make a decision and then go all out. And you can do that. And yep. I'm, you know, I'm not saying you can't do that. But I think I would be a fool if I didn't have something along the way. Even bringing up your family, you know, you look at different things in your life. But yep. sometimes if things aren't working, you, you've got to revert to something else. Well, yep. when you've got a business and you've got people working for you, you've got to look how you're going to protect them as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, I get that. So what's your second one? Employ good people that are prepared to get in the trenches with you. So how do I know a good person? When times get tough, they're prepared to, to dig in with you. And that could be working on their hours to make sure that everything goes all right. Or they will do more than they have to. What about those people who are prepared to dig in with you, but then they say, well, I've been working more than my uh, 38 hours. I need to be paid for that. Is that a good person or not? I've been fortunate that I haven't had to put up with that. Right. I've had people that were prepared to do it. And I think I only had oh, a couple, but one of them, we were doing it very tough. And uh, we had a monthly meeting and I said, look, you know, things are really tightened up around us. We've got to start looking at working six days a week and I'm talking about salespeople here, and one of them turned around and said, I don't work five days, why am I going to work six? <laughs> so uh, the meeting finished there with everyone <laughs> with their mouth open, but he came in, he had the next two days off, he came in on the Sunday and gave me his resignation, which I took with open arms, but you know, had a couple of little hiccups with different things, but the majority of people that we've had employed are prepared to do a lot of hard yards and it wasn't always gimme 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 because when times were good you did give them extra you know and bits and pieces so from that point of view finding the right people is not easy yep keeping them is harder because they get poached all the time yes but if they've got loyalty to you you've got a good chance and you looked after them you've got a good chance of keeping them Okay, so is that point number three or is it loyalty being part of point two here? Oh, you can put them where you like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because now if I put loyalty as point three, mm -hmm. then I would have to say, first, we have to be loyal to people. Yep. Right? We, we don't demand loyalty. We, we have to earn loyalty, correct? Yep. All yep. right. In that respect, All right, let's put it as point number three. So what's your fourth tip? Give them training and give them the tools they require to be successful. Be open to suggestions, 
your ideas are not always the right ones. Be a leader from the front. Make strong and clear decisions. Don't be frightened to ask for help from the other others in the network if times get tough. Well, I think uh, at this point in time here, I'm going to have to say that, you know, uh, I still believe that you have so much wisdom in inside you that is probably something uh, that if people were going to latch on and, and take that time even, uh, I mean, I had a, a bit of a lunch with you just before we did this. And even in that time, I, I, I've taken like uh, a few gems. And I think that this is the one thing I wanted out of this is that I learned a long time ago that upon someone's death, it's the equivalent of an, an entire library being burned down. And, and, and I think there's nothing better than going around people who have lived, who've gone through those same challenges and probably f uh, have been fighting the same demons that we're fighting now in our business life, maybe to learn the shortcuts. Maybe to learn, maybe there's no shortcuts on some things, but maybe to learn some of the ways that they've handled the demons so that you actually equipped to handle your own demons. And I think that you have a lot to still uh, offer out there. I wish that there were businesses that were smart enough to really say, why don't you just come in one day a week and give that energy? Because I still believe, and, and as you may know, I'm doing a lot of those podcasts on uh, wine and wisdom. And I truly believe that there's plenty of ways to go from one place to the next. But if you are in the presence of a wise person, you would always take the shortest route. And in that respect, I think, it would be something that you may want to entertain. Uh, that, that wisdom of yours, I think, is like that pot or that bottle of oxygen that needs to be shared, not just kept closed now because it's uh, a chapter closed in your life. Well, I think this is happening at the moment. Yes. Uh, I go in a couple of days a week and I take someone in the team out for coffee. Oh, well, you didn't down. say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we do it, you know, yep. and you know, different people and it's not always to quiz them about the real estate and it's to generally ask them yep. how they're going in their life Yeah. and if things are right, you know. I do ask is there any they would improve and, you know, there's a, a few bits, you know, but generally most are pretty happy. Yeah, so I take someone out, find out where they're going for their holidays and what they've got planned, if they've got family or if they're going to start a family. And yep. It... It is very, very interesting because everyone's slightly different. Yes. They, a couple of them, when I first started doing it, I think they thought they were going to get a lecture about something. Yeah. Because I think they look at me as a Gustavo at times. <laughs> but, you know, it's been good for me too because we, Darren and Megan, are very busy. We'd all like to go and sit down with someone and talk to them, just generally talk. Yes. And even take them away for anyway 15 minutes to half an hour, you know, just talking about anything. Yes. One of the things I found that's very, very interesting is while we're having a coffee, how many people walk past and say hi? <laughs> and I keep saying to them, hey, you've just done letterbox drops. Or sitting here having a coffee, they've seen you. Yep. And now they know, oh, so-and-so's there or so-and-so's there. And, you know, and that's what it's all about, being out there and being seen. Yes. And... Some of the people, when they open up to you, it's nice. And we probably lack that because we're everyone's busy. Everyone's busy and haven't got time, you know. I even 
went to a point and I said, you know how hard it is for Darren and Megan? You know, I said, they've got to stress how to make everything meet every week. I said, how often do you go and say to them, can we take you for a cuppa? I said, it means the world to them, but no one does it. You take it for granted. You know, the staff think they're, you know, made of steel. And they're not, you know, they're just everyday people. Look, if I told you how many times the three of us sat there and cried our eyes out because, you know, things didn't quite go the way we planned or wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. And people have never seen that. You know, they haven't seen us go home and pull our hair out and think, where's the next dollar coming from? But they do turn up. You know, if you think positive and work together, everything turns out for the right way. Yeah. So... I'm lucky I've got a great family, and I have got a great family. And Darren's got a good family. He's got more do you have Do you have a great family, or do you create a great family? I think we've built up a good family. You know, I've got two sons, like chalk and cheese. But love them equally. They're completely different people. And at the end of the day, would I give them up? No. Am I happy with the grandchildren I've got? I love them. And... It's because of my boys that I'm in a position that I've got great-grandchildren. And, and to see them grow up and move to next levels in, in life, and as young as they are, it's so interesting. Like We had Lucas for the weekend, and we had the time of our life. We had a, a suite for the horses, and you know, we did all different little bits and pieces. He's a joy. Yep. Matthew's kids are the same. You know, Charlotte and Tom and Safi, they're, they're the same. Yep. So real estate can be fun. We sometimes lose track of the joys that you can, you can have in real estate. You know, uh, one day I was going to go and inspect this place you know, and uh, one of the other salesmen had already been there and he said, look, the old bloke is deaf. He couldn't make up his mind whether he was going to work in the garden or go back to Sydney. So I've gone down and knocked on the door, no answer. Gone in with my clients. And I noticed the bedroom door was closed. So I didn't want to scare this old bloke, so I've knocked on the door and no answer, and I've opened it up, and here's his body in the bed. And I thought, oh, Jesus, why <laughs> me, you know? Anyway, I've gone and touched it. What the other agent had done is got the blankets and made it in the shape of a body, you know? So all of a sudden, you know, I've been heavens, you know? But you know, I thought to myself, oh, I can't believe, you know, someone would do that, you know? When we were in EAC as a group, Darren and I listed this farm out at Warnervale. Anyway, when we inspected you know, we found there was a couple of hassles. So when the EAC agents turned up, we've let them go in and uh, next thing they come flying out, there's all these fleas all over them. <laughs> uh, well, once they got the flu, it was riddled with it, absolutely riddled. And, you know, we're out there laughing our heads off and they're coming out ready to punch everyone out, you know. But they're little things, you know. One day, I, one of my clients came in. I was working for another agency at the time and brought and left a cake sitting on the bench. You know, anyway, the lady went and everything and everyone said, oh, this lady left a cake. I said, yeah, she gave it to me for doing a good job. Right. So... We were all gone out the back and having a cuppa and everything, and the case got cut up and everyone's munching in. In between, I've gone and made a phone call to this girl in another agency and I said, just ring up and say, I forgot me cake and I'm coming back to get it. <laughs> well, 
everybody was choking on this cake because they didn't know what to do, and we've eaten three quarters of it. But yeah, you know, so you know, they're just little things like that. One of the girls I used to work with when I was a sales manager would not put up signs, wouldn't, and it didn't matter. So one day I said to her in the afternoon, "We're going out to put up signs. We've got to get them up." So. I've taken around, we've put up signs and everything like that. And uh, I uh, turned around and, and Trish used to say to me, be careful, she's got the hots for you. I said, no, she hadn't. She said, she's got the hots. So I turned around and I said to her when we finished, how would you like to do something we've never done before? <laughs> well, her eyes lit up a bit, like to say, you fed income. And I said, look, <laughs> come with me. And uh, we used to have more than two yet at the hospital, which is not far away, you know. So I've taken her over there and she thought, oh, well, now we're going to have morning, afternoon tea. And anyway, I said, look, we can't go in there just for a minute. Come with me. And I've marched her in to this other door. And the lady came out and said, yes, can I help you? I said, yeah, this lady's come to give blood. <laughs> <laughs> so and she said, I thought you were taking me to have afternoon tea. And I said, you get afternoon tea here. <laughs> they give you a drink, they give you sandwiches and biscuits. What else can you get? And it's free. <laughs> so, you know, that that was another one. And, and another time we had a bus for EAC and we used to go around as a group. You know? Yep. Anyway, Darren's list this place and it had a prized dog. So the vendor has told Darren, make sure the gates are closed because the dog will take off. One other people left the gate open, the dog's taken off. Well, behind it, where this is, was a new estate with 600 houses in it. And this dog's done a runner. We had to bail out of the bus to go chasing this bloody dog all around. And it took us about two hours, I reckon, to catch up with it. He then takes it back, puts it in the yard, yep. gets in contact with the owner and said, oh, this is what's happened, and yeah, I'm sorry. She said, I don't know why you're worried. The dog always comes back. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, there are a lot of good things in real estate. You know, I can go across another one. I saw a tenant and said, look, we're having an inspection tomorrow. Anyway, so what, what does he do? He said, right, I'm taking the young bloke up to school. I'll leave the front door open, just come in and do your own thing. So we've walk, walked in and I've opened the door and there's two feet facing the roof and a bum facing down, I thought, oh, oh, we're not doing an inspection on here today, you know. Another one was, uh, rang to have an inspection, no answer, knocked on the door when we got there with the people, no, nobody. We're starting to look around, this lady comes out of the shower, but nothing on. She didn't know which part of her body to cover, you know. But, you know, they were the fun bits and pieces that, yep. you know, we tend to forget about at times. We do have fun in real estate. No, we do have a lot it's of fun. Not, it's not all... Business, business, business. You know, we can share a lot of things together. But, you know, I can go over dozens of things, you know. I'm but, sure. You know, 40 but, years, there's plenty. But at the end of the day, being able to share it at different times and having a laugh, it's great. Mm. So that's me. That's great. Well, there is one thing I definitely have learned from uh, this podcast. You are a humility, a sense of humility that is very different. Is that... I've asked you a few times and I, I, I've questioned you a few times now uh, in regards to the things that you, maybe you have built or created and you have such a humi sense of humility that you, s you still find a way to give compliment 
on your success to your own children rather than really accept it as a compliment. And I think that that is probably the biggest lesson I get out of this podcast. Thank you so much, George, for your time today. Thank you very much.